Super Friends Super Show 185, here to talk to you about superhero movie news, comics, things relating to those two, the whole entire spectrum of nerdy things. I am Sean Dwyer, once again joined by Sean Brennan to talk to you about the things that we mentioned. Sean Brennan, how are you? I'm, I'm, a, I'm like a wee bit hungover. Like, oh. Like not... I don't regret. You don't look waking you just up look like a, a casual Sunday. You're you're off. You just you're after a, a pancake breakfast. This oh, you look no. refreshed. Um, if anything, to be a hundred. Um, I actually woke up uh, right when you sent that text yeah. of uh, let's do ten fifth. Let's do eleven fifteen. Because in my mind, I'm like somehow twelve thirty. Well, you're still in your twenties, so yeah. you're still you're very resilient. I, I mean, imagine. I have one more year of that ah. of that talk just to let you know. Yeah, yeah. So like 20s are you're, you're a lot more resilient in your 20s. You look like you look uh, less like shit when you just roll out of bed. In your 30s, <laughs> it takes a little while to kind of shake off the <laughs> shake off the morning. Um, I'm, I'm excited for so that. So I can't tell the difference. So great. You look great. You, you're a late night of drinking. Yeah, uh, it is the Halloween season. It you, was. You hosted a, a Halloween themed party. Yeah. So probably spent like five hours mm-hmm. cleaning the house, yes. making desserts, yes. making everything ready. And the, so we had a party. Uh, two weeks ago, which was a celebration party of me and my wife getting married, um, because we want to do like a spooky, spooky little party. Um, and this party was supposed to be like just marriage. Yeah, yeah. This was supposed to be like an actual Halloween party, right? And maybe like a quarter of the people showed up. (laughs) So it's just like me and like four other people who came, and we're just drinking the whole time, and Mm -hmm. everyone else is like very quiet, just watching like the TV, and we're just being loud. And at one point, I remember, um. Two people had wa- gone out for a cigarette, right? And I'm just sitting there, and everyone's watching Scream Two, which I'm gonna promise you, I don't screaming. remember any of, yeah. because they started to play it, and I'm like, "What's happening?" Like, I didn't know that Scream Two became more meta than the first one, and it it blew that my- was probably also your reaction when you saw it live in the theater for the very first time. What is happening? You just <laughs> I don't think I did. No, I I can promise you, I don't think I did. Did you see it in the theater? No, no, no okay, I never saw any of this. In the whole entire, you weren't caught up in the entire Scream franchise as it was going, and it's no. The first Scream run. came out like yeah. in like what ninety ninety eight. Yeah, I was yeah. I was eight and nine. Oh, okay, so, so you I weren't was, seeing Scream. That was a yeah. That was a little bit more mature. Well, also everyone. Well, like to be to be fair, mm-hmm. I was watching like Chucky and Evil Dead. So like all those other things that so were you like, were ready for Scream. Yeah. Like Scream would have been one of those things that I'm like, ugh, I'm too good for like that's writing. True. I'm just here for the gore. Uh because that's how I was as a child because yeah. I didn't have good um influences when it came to movies or watching movies as a kid. You know, desensitization, desensitization, how do you pronounce that word? Desensitization. That works. Uh, I think that is important to introduce to a child early on so they're prepared to watch, uh, so they're not frightened. Yeah. So they're not the kid of the sleepover when they're in fourth grade. Oh, yeah. When they're all watching uh, like a like a scary movie in the basement. Yeah. You yeah. have to hide upstairs because you haven't been exposed at a young age. It sounds very personal. This, this wasn't me, but this is a kid. I, I hosted a fourth grade birthday party and we were watching, I think, Jaws. This isn't even a scary movie, like Jaws in the basement. Jaws. Jaws wasn't It was scary. probably even Jaws too. It, it was, was Jaws, even Jaws. It was Jaws too. We couldn't get our hands on the original Jaws. <laughs> Blockbuster was very busy that weekend. We Ooh. couldn't get our hands on the original Jaws. So there was a kid at a birthday party, this this uh, gentleman, Aaron, who just hadn't been exposed to that kind of stuff. Who yeah. had to hide upstairs wow. in, in, my, in my kitchen instead of being able to come downstairs because he was... I think it was... He said it was because his parents... Didn't want him watching. Oh, sure. Sure. But I'm I'm like, dude, your parents aren't here. (laughs) And no one's telling your parents that you watch Jaws. So it was I think it's important sometimes there's it's obviously got to walk, got to walk the line between you have to introduce your kids to some. You have to ease them in to to more mature graphic uh, content. I think that's the perfect uh, type of topic for uh, this here Super Friends Super Show 185 because it is around the holiday season and you're going to be seeing uh, a number of different of spooky things about. Spooky things. The, at the top, of course, uh, is Joker, who is a yeah. spook, who you're going to be seeing a lot of, I imagine, over the last I next have two weeks with so uh, much. different costumes. Well, it's not only even that. It's mm-hmm. like just on my news feed. It's like oh, yeah. everyone going down those steps, taking photos those on the steps. steps. Everybody is just like painting him yeah. like painting the Joaquin Joker Joker yeah um and it's 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 interesting to see how quickly um 
it just it, like the bubble started and I'm waiting right. for it to burst in the sense that everyone is just gonna be like, yeah, we all saw it. This was, you know, I think marketing wise brilliant as far as releasing the Joker film in September when they did September, yeah. October, because it hits perfectly as it pertains to the to Halloween. So yeah. now kids, it's kids are now like trying to pick out, OK, what am I going to be for Halloween? And you got the, the obviously the Joaquin Phoenix Joker yeah. costume, which is something. So you want to get that into the to the zeitgeist, into the uh, into the the collective as far as Halloween costume choices. And I think that that furthers the uh, the importance and the popularity of, of this film, which is doing tremendously well. So, uh, yeah, I've seen it in the theater. I went I had to avoid. I think we talked about this in, the, in the, on previous shows seeing it. During the first two weekends. Oh, God. Yeah, because it would have been terrible. Because I would have had to have gone by myself because I can't convince my wife to go see that kind of movie with me. And just trying to grab someone. Hey, do you want to go see a Joker film with me? Everyone's like, and then go our separate ways. I had to avoid going to the movie theaters for the first two weeks because I didn't want to be the creepy guy going by himself to see the Joker because everyone would assume, all right. Hey, uh, I'm gonna have to check your pockets. Hey, you're here by yourself. Couldn't find a uh, any. Um, and so I, had, I was trying to when I went to go see it. I was trying to come off as a as normal person, non-threatening as possible. Yeah, um, yeah. I was trying to do his little finger guns <laughs> around just That's trying good. to be casual. I know it's hard for you. I know it's, it's very, very hard for you. That's just the way I interact with people. Just a lot of finger guns and pointing and shoving. I like to shove people. Uh, but I wore my my Golden Girls t-shirt um, that says stay golden. Yeah. And I'm like, this is pretty not threatening. I, I don't I think they've they've covered anyone on the news yet who has done any of these type of uh, shootings who's wearing a Golden Girls shirt. So I think if I'm trying to look the part of a non-threatening person in a the theater... I think I'm doing pretty well. So I went to go see it. And yeah. No one I don't think was was uh, keeping their eye on me as a person going to the theater to see the Joker by was himself. Was it still pretty packed when you went? No, no. I went like the this is, I think, the third weekend. OK, that's good. During the afternoon. Yeah. So I, I think I was in the clear. I was afraid to go see it because I didn't want people eyeing me well, it's, during those first two weekends. It's not really that. It's that the people who are so fervent about it are usually mm-hmm. people I feel personally are people who are like the joker's the greatest character in the world right or these are the type of people who have the idea that like the joker represents who i really want to be yeah that the joker is my almost spirit penguin and it's just sure. like sure. i i know that's an overgeneralization but and there, there are some people who yeah. generally want to go see it because it sounded like a good movie but i am very cautious by the people who they thought that this character speaks to them as exactly. far as a portrayal of exactly. embodying embodying who their 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 plight, what their their issues that they've been, they've yeah. been dealing with in life. And obviously this has been something that's been reported in the, in the media, that there have been groups who have looked at this version, this Joaquin Phoenix version of the Joker as kind of an icon yeah. for the 4chan group, the 4chan <laughs> community. They've moved to 8chan. All right, gotcha. Which is even more ridiculous and somehow on 2chan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still on one chan, guys. On one chan. We up. talk about Yu-Gi-Oh. It, it was a good movie. I went to go see it. Okay, and, good. Um, I good. enjoyed it. It wasn't great, but I don't think anyone. Oh, you know, I was gonna say, actually. I, I take that back. People were saying that it was a great movie. People have been saying the it's 20 a great minute movie. standing ovations that it's gonna get Oscar buzz. Yeah, that it, always seems like a lot. It was well done. Todd Phillips, I think, did a great job. That's it was good to know. Extremely well done. You wouldn't know it was a Joker film. Other than the fact that, that they didn't include the Waynes, and it's called the Joker. Yeah, uh, it's called Joker, and it was good. The, the ending, I didn't like it the way that they. There were a lot. Of, I think because this was a a crew of people producing this film who almost um, wanted to be wanted to go as far as they possibly could as far as making this not be a comic book film. Yeah, I think they were not, they were unaware of some of the tropes. I don't want to explore. Well, you know, it's it's been over a month since this. I don't care. Now. They did the scene, and if they were if they were following comic book movies and comics, and and really were uh, interested in making, it, were as part of that world as maybe other other movie makers are, they would be aware that like, hey, you shouldn't show Martha Wayne and Thomas Wayne getting shot, yeah, uh, in the alley again. Did they do it? And Martha getting her pearls ripped apart uh, by whatever person. They showed that scene again. Oh wow. Yeah, they did. They it wasn't even like some type of um. They were 
they alluded to it or maybe you see them turn into an alley they just they showed they, the whole scene why and i'm like oh, why? why but if they if they were more aware if they were more aware as comic book fans or super but the thing is though the, they've fans, seen they've had have seen i guess the, the, you can't say but the thing is okay you can't say that they didn't they weren't aware because even in batman 89 yeah. They did that. Like they did. They've done it in like every single one. And so they, it lacked a certain awareness in that regard. Okay. Otherwise it was good, but I, I was with them even up until the very end, the lead up to the very end of the movie, which included that Martha Wayne, Thomas Wayne part. Um, I was with them even after that until the very big end payoff. And then of course there was this ambiguous, did it happen? Didn't it happen? Oh. Kind of way that they left things on, Stupid. which I was sort of like, be less ambiguous. I want to walk away and like it's it's good to le- to leave people thinking as they're walking away from yeah. the theater. But I don't know what I watched then. I mean, so a lot of stories that came out, I feel like in the mid two thousands, where mm-hmm. with like there will be blood, right? Or the one I'm tr- I'm blanking on the name, like No Country for Old Men. Right, like right. those were left ambiguous because. Um, as a source material and as a story, they're just like, this isn't how life goes. Life doesn't always have like bookend. Right. Everyone happy, either dies or right. happy. There's not always. Life goes on. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I think they may have been trying to do something like that. But it's also one of those times, again, I was really hoping that you wouldn't say anything that included Bruce Wayne. Yeah. In the sense Bruce of Wayne like. Was, a young Bruce Wayne was in this. His parents uh, were in this. Oh, they included the murder. What's the point? I There's know. There's no point. It lacked. That part of it lacked a certain awareness of the source material and your audience. Do you think that they were obliged? Do you think that they were told that Todd Phillips was told like, hey, this has to be in there? Because there, no, not at all. Because there hasn't been anything was, that's come out right. from like. Todd Phillips or Scorsese or even Warner Brothers that said, like, we made them do this. No, I don't think so at all. I think Warner Brothers, I don't think wanted this film to. You had, of course, uh, a lot of rumors around that uh, you had Jared Leto's people trying to submarine this movie. Yeah. Uh, try, there are a lot. They, they This had a very low budget. And I don't think they wanted this movie to do as well as it did right now as it stands. The movie is nearing over $800 million as far as uh, as far as gross after as far as this box office takeaways. And it cost around $70 million to produce. So that That's is still a good chunk of change, massively though. exceeded the expectation. So it's at $788 million, which makes it the all time um, highest grossing rated R film of all time. There's a there's a there's a bell I'm ringing. It's very silent. It's a silent bell, but it, it's ringing for Ryan Reynolds to hear. Yes, yes, and he he of course um, shared on social media a uh, congratulatory yeah type of meme where it says "you motherfucker" and it has yeah. dancing and it says "love Deadpool" and all the other rated R yeah uh, superhero genre characters okay so it, it was a fun little tongue-in-cheek um nod in, in the direction of they're all on the same team you know yeah i guess so they're all on the same team i don't think there's any i mean Ill, i guess well whatsoever i guess Ryan i'm Reynolds. curious when it comes to let i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you because for those of, the, of us uh out there listening who haven't guessed i haven't seen it yet yes um because mainly I I can wait on this. Um, it's a self-contained movie. Everyone can seems see to be point. okay. Um, now my question is: When you put that up against uh, Deadpool and Wolverine, mm-hmm. and include this, when you include those movies, how does it stand with those movies? How does it it's stand very, against like a Logan? Different. It's very different. Logan was very, especially in the case of Logan. Logan was the end the closing of a book yeah it was really had a nice finality uh it was a it had a very concrete this is the end uh it was a very um uh, i think a very um it was a movie where you left very feeling very fulfilled mm-hmm. and walked away uh feeling all right i really enjoyed that it was, it, had, it was a fantastic film and it had a very clear and cut ending uh deadpool i thought you know the first one especially was a really, really well done superhero movie. Yeah. Very tight story. Also, because it was rated R, very similar to this one, had a very small budget, um, had a lot of forces working against it being made, and it worked out really well, and had a very, you know, 
it was a very satisfying film. This one, again, was really well made, but the ending was they kind of left it inconspicuous as far as whether or not any of it happened. And uh, he is a character who's just sort of lucks into a lot of um, situations the Joker character in this so one. So he just falls into, like, he falls into things. Right, like, he just sort of Like those steps. Right. Those steps. Exactly. He falls into those steps. You miss where he tumbles down. That, that's <laughs> the thing they don't show that they show in the movie. Uh, he tumbles down quite a, a number of steps yeah. and hurts himself and has to spend the next, the final uh, two-thirds of the movie in the ER just recovering. It's, it's really I, something. I would it's love it if that was the it actual movie, too. That's just like, two-thirds of it is just him in the ER. There's a lot of dancing. He dances too much in this film he does a lot of like dancing like no one is watching kind of thing but really overdoes it um as if everyone is watching it's enjoyable the ending kind of left a bad taste in my mouth i didn't like the the the, the overall climax of the film yeah and then of course the epilogue at the end where you're like oh it did this happen did this not happen I so mean, i was kind of i walked away with sort of a bad taste in my mouth with the very end of the film but i would say 90 percent of the film was very okay. good i mean i will say upon as someone who hasn't seen it, but as someone who mm-hmm. has an idea of the Joker, um, it's interesting that they did give that they did give a definitive story to the Joker, right. but left it ambiguous. They did. So they it's interesting of, that they yeah. did that. They did. Uh, there was a little bit of a, of awareness, at least in that regard. Except so, that whole Thomas Wayne thing. Yeah, they they like oh you know. It, there was the awareness that Joker doesn't have a defined origin, although they went out of their way to make one, but at the end, they kind of stepped back from it. Well, maybe this isn't his origin. It kind of paying homage to the fact that Joker, part of his appeal and history is that he's never had a defined origin. It's yeah. always been kind of a multiple choice as far as his his origin. And they went out of their way to, def- to define one, but then they, st- they stepped away. And I'm not sure if that was an active decision on their end to be respectful to the character uh, or if it was just kind of a a wimpy way to end the film that yeah that's interesting i i will say that i will hold all final judgments and mm-hmm. final saying until i watch it at some point yeah but i you know what don't be in any hurry it's not it's not going to blow you away great and it's very much a self-contained thing although there are some rumors talking about maybe there being a sequel down the road i don't and, i i don't know if walking phoenix is interested in doing this again, yeah. making this a franchise. I mean, mm-hmm. he he's not a franchise guy, right? There, there's never been a like Ben Affleck franchise guy. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. don't you wouldn't think that, but yeah, he's been a part of franchises, and it's just like this character. I mean, even though Heath Ledger was supposed to reprise the role, mm-hmm. I also, I I mean, I did a lot of um, interesting research that apparently in his contract, if he didn't like it or if something came up um where he got fired because right. he wanted to do whatever he wanted to with this character that if he got fired he still got paid the final amount which was interesting because what that did is it gave him freedom to just kind of do whatever to right. be right. as more as experimental as interesting try different things at every point in that character and i don't think that joaquin phoenix is that type of person I don't think Joaquin Phoenix uh, deviates from source material that much. I think Joaquin Phoenix is like, here's the script. He right. does the script. So I don't think personally that he would want to do it again because you take this character who, as far as I could tell, was a sympathetic character and it, it, it's a sympathetic film. story. He takes it. He takes a turn. Yeah. He's off his meds and he's off his meds, not by his decision. Um, so he's sympathetic in that regard. It's, this very much, I think, can stand as a, as a standalone kind of kind of film. The idea of continuing it as a sequel, because he's not like he's a character who just kind of locked into a movement. Well, yeah, he's he, not like an evil genius who's well, able to even propel during the previews. Forward. He looks like that. Even yeah. during the previews, he looks like that. Like he he's wearing the mask and just kind of like looking around him, and seeing everybody right. doing it. So he just kind of is like, oh boy, I don't Here's think there's the another story to tell with him like des- deciding to use his popularity or breaking out of whatever asylum he's in and going on to do some type of grand uh, plan or scheme yeah that would perpetuate a, a sequel forward and also a, a sequel would i think involve the rising of some type of balance meaning uh, a, a hero would have to emerge in order someone. to someone would have to emerge in a second movie yeah the other direction you could go is you could have 
your cake and eat it too, where maybe it's not Joaquin Phoenix, but you have somewhat of a successor um, who has emerged 20 years in line, yeah. who is um, who was influenced by Joaquin Phoenix's Joker and that big movement that happened in the 80s. And in present day, you have a Joker who emerges with Robert Pattinson's Batman, and that is the Joker. But without it being Joaquin Phoenix uh, reprising the role in the upcoming Joker and the upcoming Batman film with Robert Pattinson, yeah. what's the point? I you know, mean, just you might as well just go back to the drawing board and just develop a brand new Joker if you're yeah. going to use the Joker again, rather than trying to loosely tie this into a into this Joker film. If you're not going to bring in Joaquin Phoenix, there's no point. I mean, when you say it like that, to me, it sounds more like in the new Batman, they're going to do a callback. Like they're mm-hmm. going to have like how um, there was that quiet callback to the first joker with caesar romero with that mask on that heath ledger used i think that they may try and do something like that where they because there's that joker mask that uh, joaquin phoenix wears that other people wear right it's that really terrible one and i think that they might do that Mm -hmm. if they were to go down that road where that joaquin phoenix is an older joker still in a mental institution still very much like you could have like a cameo with you could have like a a cameo with the joaquin phoenix character who because at that point i'm gonna say he's in his 40s yeah in the in this joker film that's set in the 80s and if it's fast forwards to present day, 70, that's 30s, right? that's, yeah, he's going to be yeah, going on 70 years old. So he's not going to be palling around. Uh, he's not going to be palling around with the Riddler trying to get something going yeah. against this like Batman who is in his 20s. Try, it's going to have to be a successor to him. So you could do a scene where he's in a mental institution. Yeah. Maybe masterminding things from behind the scene yeah. or they, they try to get some perspective um some insight from the joker as far as influencing trying to get into the mind of the new modern joker by visiting the past joker and you could but what's the point what's the point just you might as well just start well now that just sounds like silence of the lambs yes where like you have the old hannibal lecter who would be the joker Mm -hmm. and then you have uh buffalo bill who would be the riddler right and then you have this kind of like meeting with batman going there or someone going to talk to the old joker who's to try just to like, get into their head of yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, modern yeah. villain yeah. so that another thing that's coming out now is, is keeping it in the batman lane keeping the, it on that cold dark lane that goes on from where miles everybody's miles. parents die and a lot of just parents just littered throughout this uh this 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 long drive without a single spotlight over the entire road um, I'm losing this analogy, but you no, no, I love it. I love you've it. You've had uh, some announcements as far as casting now going forward as the film is getting ready to get released in the next day. In 2021, it's currently scheduled for a release. You have a casting of Batwoman. I'm sorry, of, of Catwoman. And you have a casting of the Riddler. So it's starting to flesh out this film where you would think that the primary antagonist is going to be the Riddler. Yeah. And the, the actor who has been in a number of things. I Was he in... Um, I know Paul Dino was uh, definitely yeah. in There Will You Blood. He was that old pastor okay. who he has a scene. He's like, "I drink your milkshake." He's a he's he a little he's a younger his, guy. He, he gets his fingers stuck in. Oh man, it's so good. Yeah, but Paul Dino, Paul Dino, he is a he wasn't he in Little Miss Sunshine? Little Miss Sunshine. He was the uh, yeah. The boy he was in the that brother. He, he was, was the, the brother, brother in that one. So he's you know he's been in acting for a long time. This is a, a well established actor. Uh, okay. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of negativity. Uh, related to his yeah. his overall um, aura, you know, there's you, when you bring in some like Robert Pattinson, for example, you bring him in, he already has some negative baggage. Well, again, there's no there's no negative baggage no, no. whatsoever with uh, th- with this new casting. But this certainly. happens anytime you have someone come in to play someone from the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's gonna come in and play like, um, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. However big the person is, like if right. you were to have someone play bill clinton in a movie uh there we talks about it there were talks about uh george bush in the w movie mm-hmm. there was talks about um oh, i'm trying to remember what other presidents but like anytime there's someone in the culture like guys that people love spider-man batman like someone who's been around for years and decades, like there's always some sort of negative baggage or someone yeah. always has to say something about it. So, yeah, Paul Dino, uh, Dano Dino is... Go- I want to say Dino. Going to be Because your- I just see it and it just says D-I-N-O. Yeah, I'm like, Dinosaur! It's more fun to say it like that. Yeah. He is going to be the Riddler and this is shortly after 
Jonah Hill decided to walk away, whether he was actually in serious talks as far as joining this cast. Uh, but Jonah Hill, you remember there were some rumors that he was going to be part of this cast it as may, well. That may have honestly been just like trying to get Paul Dino to like go down mm-hmm. a bit. Be like, hey, Jonah Hill is taking this for this yeah. much. Like, if you want to, there might have this might have been a negotiation type of thing that was leaked out. I, I mean, that's same thing with Chris Evans yeah. when he was playing Captain America. Still, like, it's like, is he going to return for the last Avengers? It's like, of course he is. Some He's just doing it for money. Put out for on on purpose to kind of uh, to change the narrative somewhat. Yeah. And also, if Catwoman is going to be played by Zoe Kravitz, which I think is totally fine. What else has she been in? Are you familiar with Zoe Kravitz's past work? Uh, I mean, besides everyone knowing that she was on The Cosby Show, not really. Like, I know she's done some mm-hmm. other things before, but what those things are elude the tip of my tongue. Sure. Uh, you also have Vincent D'Onofrio, who is rumored to be joining this cast as well. So uh, you've got a lot of... Um, You've got a lot, obviously, on your plate as far as some star power, some people who, you know, obviously have the ability to make this a credible. I think Paul Dano really kind of adds some credibility because he's he's a young up and comer in Hollywood. He doesn't have a lot of negative baggage. Uh, So I think that is a really good casting. I don't know if the Riddler is the right. Although the Riddler, like from uh, as far as like fans are concerned, I think Riddler is maybe one of the villains that people were hoping that they kind of go toward. Well, I mean, so it's been a long time since they've used the Riddler. Well, he's always been hacky. Like, yeah. um, there are very few times where the Riddler gets written well, mm-hmm. especially in the mainstream culture. Like the worst, the worst thing was Jim Carrey doing it, even though sure. Jim Carrey was a solid, is a solid actor. It's that mm-hmm. they made him to this weird, like kind of flamboyant, like very, very almost like if you took one of those um like auto sale auto sales thing the inflatable yeah, that's the, just, yeah the inflatable yeah, car just, sales yeah it's just like Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's what that reminds me of with just a question he was mark. just wacky he was just so wacky he was just going and being jim carrey and at that point yeah. no one really cared and i don't think jim carrey really had a full idea as far as what this character was other than just i'm gonna be as wacky and as zany as possible now i'm glad that we've come a long way where character where actors and and writers will actually take a step back yeah and trying to define these well what was really characters. good is that mark russell mark russell he was the one who wrote the last flintstones arc mm-hmm. he wrote um not pink panther um i always get that mixed up but a Snagglepuss, he wrote mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Snagglepuss. He writes the Wonder Twins. He's all, he's a very smart, very competent, one of the best writers that DC has. And he wrote um, Year of the Villain, the Riddler. And okay. at the end of it, because it's the Riddler with uh, King Tut, I think. Okay. Um, w- w- one of those like Batman 66 villains yeah. where it's just like both of them, they deal with that whole like wackiness of just like, we're trying to get the Batman in this cage and we're trying to do this and that. And at the end of it, the Joker's like, you know what? I'm... I'm done with this. Uh, this is too stupid. I, I keep failing. This is this and is. And it's because of you, Todd. <laughs> Maybe, but it's one of those times where it's like the jokiness, the hackiness of the Joker is finally like brought to the forefront mm-hmm. in the modern day sense of like this isn't pop art. This isn't fun. You're right. a, you're you're an you're an adult who constantly fails at the one thing you've been trying to do for years. Right. And he just, he's like, I'm done. He walks away and Batman just arrests King Tut. And that's the end of the issue. And I thought that was a really smart thing to do. Yeah. Um, because even with jokes and riddles, the the war of jokes and riddles, right? The, the I, atomic uh, event they did uh, two or so years ago, yeah, yeah. which was, which is good. I thought, I thought it was an intro. It was definitely a different, I, it's very, very hazy in my mind. I know that, um, it started because where you had the Joker and the Riddler going there at war. Yeah. And there was, a, I think maybe a twist at the end where it, it was, it, uh, honestly, I, I didn't feel, I thought I walked attached away. to that Joker. I mean, I, attached I, that Riddler. I'm the, sorry. Yeah, I don't really remember anything about that Riddler. I remember more, um, what they did with the Joker as part of that storyline yeah, where he Joker was, he didn't smile at all. Uh, that was this whole thing because he was just so upset that he has not been until he kills Batman or gets Batman. He is yeah. not going to be happy ever again, uh, which, so that's the only thing I, I walked away from that remembering, honestly. So this is, um, I think it's, it's certainly, it's been 20 plus years. You might as well try what, what was good about the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. They didn't touch on the Riddler at all. No, they left him on the shelf you of course now with with 
Ben Affleck's Batman. Now gone. that it's in the, that's gone, that's in the rear view. So you've had 20 plus years now of Riddler, who's been untouched. You might as well yeah. use him again. I think enough time has uh, has passed where you can use Riddler again. So I think a, a strong, recognizable villain. I think if they were to go in the direction of like the Court of Owls, what like people have been rumored yeah. uh, that, that that rumoring that that would be the direction they were going to go into, which is a well-received comic storyline. I mean, it's totally possible. The last few years. Uh, and they could still tie that in somewhat, but it's not, I think, for a blockbuster film to go with the initial outing on a blockbuster film. Yeah. You have to go with someone recognizable. So I think Riddler works. Well, I also think that because I heard, correct me if I'm wrong, that they were doing more of like a detective Batman. Mm-hmm. where like every Batman story, even today, like he's not very much of a detective except for the side story that Bendis is doing with Batman, which is actually better than most of the things he's doing with Superman because it's, it's, it's very intricate. Mm -hmm. Um, It goes across the DC universe. So it's very interesting. So I, I think that that's what they're going to be doing with the Riddler, where it's like he now has to use his brain to solve the the riddles and yeah, the clues. Yeah, hopefully and, it's not yeah. going to be tacky. Hopefully it's not going to we'll be see. like really, really goofy or anything. Like I, I don't think so. I think Matt Reeves, just from what I observed with his Planet of the Apes trilogy yeah, except the third one except for the third one which i didn't see it's ha- like please don't you don't have to it he, ruins everything he doesn't do wacky no he doesn't he does not do wacky so i think he's probably a good fit for the uh the story they're trying to tell uh and really quick before we walk away and uh segue to an, another superhero topic um you have robert pattinson who is saying that he is being influenced uh, as far as the voice that he is um that he's going to be using potentially in the upcoming um the upcoming Batman film by um, oh, uh, William Defoe is who is going to be Willem Defoe. I always do that. Willem Defoe is the voice that he's he's trying to channel somewhat Willem Defoe as far as trying to come up with a voice for Batman. But, but I wait, don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know what that like which Willem Defoe because there's there's a whole lot of Willem Defoe everywhere. Yeah, it's kind of like when someone's like, I'm going to do an, a Pacino like voice right. it's like right. well which pacino are you going to do are you going to do young pacino old pacino are you going to do willem dafoe from uh the boondocks are you going to do it from antichrist are you going to do it from a uh, spider-man well here's which the th- one here's the thing this is something that's like really carried off from the christopher nolan trilogy is that batman has to have some <sighs> type of voice and ben affleck carried that as well with the voice modulation which that, i think there's nothing wrong that with was the, voice the smartest modulation. that was the smartest thing because Does Batman have to have like a, sc- a scary um disguised voice though this is kind of a modern thing that they've chosen to include in the movies well, so so okay this whole thing dates back to when um they did batman the animated series and that mm. was the first time that there was a different voice right um it was the same voice, but it was just a little bit lower. It right. was a little bit more stern. It wasn't, oh, we're going yeah, to go. Completely dis- disguising the voice. Exactly. So even, even that is a little different, but mm. it doesn't have to be for the simple fact that like, all you need to do is just change. You don't need to change the voice. You don't need to add distortion to it. Like, if you just watch the show, Batman, the animated series, you, you can tell because it's like, hi, I'm Bruce Wayne. How are you? And it's like, right. I'm Batman. Yeah. he, but he it, lo- All he does is sort of lower the octave. Yeah. That's opposed, all Kevin Conroy does. He's just changing it. Yeah. I mean, he's a voice actor. That's right. he, he acts with his voice. It's not that hard. You don't have to do. You don't have to reinvent the voice wheel, man. Well, this is the direction they're going down in the movies. I mean, everyone has, ever since Christian Bale, everyone has to do something different with the voice uh so we'll see what uh, willem dafoe um what the willem dafoe batman mashup is gonna sound like i don't know what the how those two even relate so that's um i don't know if that's something where maybe something was taken out of context in the interview uh and maybe there's some confusion and this is not the direction whatsoever that that uh, robin pattinson is going in but uh that remains to be seen so 2021 uh we have some time to figure out the voice i, I think. want him to be like frank reynolds from it's always sunny with 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 Danny DeVito's voice, do you do you want him to use a Danny? I, I want I want him to do that. I want him to use Danny DeVito's voice. Use any voice that we want. If if he wants, you can do voice voice modulation now in, in twenty nineteen or in the future twenty twenty one to really emulate anyone's voice. Yeah. If he wants to have a Batman that sounds like Barack Obama, you're welcome to. <gasps> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to ask you. That's confusing for Please a criminal. Stop. Oh man, there, there's so many. There's, there's Mr. President. Uh, that's confusing. <laughs> 
Mr. 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 Ex President. That's uh, very confusing for her. So that's certainly a direction. There's a lot of things um, that they a lot of uh, areas that they could sur- still certainly explore. Um, that's the fun about having a new Batman. Sure. S- uh, sure. Fun movie series. However you want to say it. Clean palette. Uh, unless they decide to tie this in some way to the Joker, Joaquin Phoenix uh, movie that they did, then not so much a clean palette. No. Um, but we'll see. That remains to be seen. 2021. Let's move over to, to Marvel for, for a minute. Okay. Uh, Kevin Feige has ascended to overseeing all of the Marvel properties. Yeah, over, because he was just Disney seeing now. the the movies, just the at, movies at a the point, MCU. right? That's exactly right. And now he has ascended to a, a higher position. Now he is overseeing everything. Where before maybe they had uh, somewhat of a, uh, a a divide between the movies and the TV. And even Netflix, I think, had its own. Yeah. I don't know if um, Jeff Loeb oversaw the Netflix side of things as well. If he was also, because I know TV, maybe. but digital TV is if I, it was the same. I honestly of, don't. I'd have to look that up. But he, um, of course, oversee, oversaw um, Jeff Loeb was is a um, a television producer, comic writer who has overseen the Marvel side of things on television for going on ten plus years now with Agents of That's Shield, so weird, Agent Carter, etc. And now he is going to be stepping away from that role as Kevin Feige is going to be ascending and overseeing everything and i think that makes perfect sense now that there's going to be so much uh integration with disney plus and what they're doing on that platform because clearly phase four uh what they're doing with disney plus in in the in the television shows they're producing for that for that network they're going to be so now tied into the mcu even though they are on a completely different platform yeah so obviously you're going to have someone who has complete control of you want someone like Kevin Feige who Feige who has control of the movies to be is since it seems like there's some trickling down with the streaming movies influencing where they're going to be going with the streaming television influencing where they're going to be going with the movies. You want someone who's going to be able to control everything at every single level. I mean, it, this also sounds a lot more like if you want to know what's going to happen in the next Captain America movie, mm-hmm. you have to know what's going on in the um, Captain America and uh, Winter Soldier TV show like th- this is exactly what that seems like like if you want to know what's going to happen in the next Avengers movie you have to catch up on uh, Scarlet Witch and the Vision right. and everything else like this definitely seems like a calculated thing where uh, it's very smart but I don't know if that's going to make all the TV shows feel the same yeah that's the only yeah. thing because they've been doing the movies and they've had um, good. They've had good job. They've done really well with the movies, but they've all kind of had a different you don't bit water, of flavor. You don't want to oversaturate and water things down by making everything essential viewing. Yeah, well, with the, the well, television, that too, that too, because then it just becomes more exhausting. And then, and you can't keep the same production level and and uh, and quality yeah. on television and streaming television as yeah. you can a movie. Well. I mean, you can. You, you, you certainly can. You can, you can if you're Disney. If you're but Disney, but the thing is, will it's not you? advantageous. No, it's to do not. this to have to get the same budget to a television streaming series as you will as you would a movie. Well, no, I mean, because now he's seeing overseeing basically everything. Right. Like, and this is this has been a gradual thing. I think the success of the Marvel television series have declined. Ever since their uh, ever since their uh, debut with Agents of Shield, there's a lot of obviously Joss Whedon kind of set the the stage after Avengers, the original Avengers, and people were really excited about the direction of Marvel TV. Yeah, uh, and there was a um, concerted effort to to keep that divide between the movie division and the television division, mm-hmm. and that was done intentionally um, back in 2015. Ike uh, Perlmutter um, was the Marvel um, entertainment chairman and he has since stepped away or been fired i can't remember it's a man's motto he um so since then since he stepped away uh he was he had a very instrumental role in making sure that kevin feige just oversaw the movie side of things and yeah. not the entire operation he also wanted to make sure if, this is a little bit of uh, fyi ike also was against black panther and captain marvel on the movie side even so he was and he had he was um very famously very um very cheap 
and um, just was not extravagant at all as far as cost cutting in every single uh, every single level. I remember that he was talking about there was a there was a party and he was making sure that like certain members of the press were not being able to go back and get like refills on their soda, like really that kind of frugalness. Um, so he has stepped away, and now with him gone, I think that that uh, that obstacle as far as having Kevin Feige preventing him from overseeing everything is gone. Yeah. So certainly a different era in the way and in, in the approach moving forward with one person now overseeing a unified everything being under the same exact banner where before it was a little awkward because like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the and the stuff they were doing over on Hulu and the Runaways and yeah. with Marvel TV. It was kind of connected to the MCU, but not really. It was it was a very loose thread. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also, again, very interested to see. Now that he oversees everything, mm-hmm. how does that touch everything? Because right. even though every Marvel movie has a little bit of different flavor, like Black Panther is much di- much different than Civil War, right? Or was much different than Winter Soldier, blah 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 blah. So I'm interested to see if that further differentiation goes to the TV, or if it's like everything just becomes kind of like a sitcom, sure. like well, like where everything feels a little bit like the same. Because and that could hurt them long, long term. If you have one person who is just running everything, yeah. everything starts to feel the same. And you want different, I guess, creative heads to make sure that everything kind of feels a little bit different to have some variety as far as the programming. Um, I don't know. I, I, although Kevin Foggy has, has really given no reason to doubt his uh, creative leadership. And it's very true. No, it, you're right. So we'll see. I think it's a smart I think it's it's a positive. I don't I don't want to say a smart move. I think it's an obvious move yeah. going forward to have someone who is the most successful, who is um, responsible for the success of the MCU and, and generating billions and billions of dollars for the MCU to have that person oversee everything. Now, is, of course, that Disney Plus in, in the programs that are being the Marvel programs that are being produced and Disney Plus are so tied in to the MCU as a whole. You want someone who oversees that. So it's it's a smart move, but it's a, it's kind of an end, end of an era because Jeff Loeb has been so involved on the television side for such a long time and his influence has been felt going back to comics. Yeah. Uh, we were talking before the show as far as, God, is, that, is Jeff Loeb, is this the same guy who did uh, the long Halloween in the 80s and uh, the year one stuff, Dark Victory, yeah. which was another miniseries that he did. This is the same guy. So obviously this is a person who, this isn't just some uh, some, some boardroom schlub that got kind of uh, eased into this position because exactly. of, his, because of his, uh, his placement over at Marvel or Disney. This is a person who kind of worked themselves up through well, comics who know who should know. And he, I mean, it's not he, all the work that he has oversaw as far as uh, executive producer on these television yeah. properties that they haven't all been bad. No, but it's also very interesting that like, it's a reminder of what happens when someone is kind of like someone you, you know who's done good work is brought up to a level and you're just like, oh, well, now that I remember that your name is attached to other good things, yeah, you're kind of like, how much power did they really have? What were they really doing? And what was going on behind the scenes for shows? I mean, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. was just not a good show. Right. And I it's think, just like, right, right, right. It, you're it, an executive producer. Reviews. Yeah. Yeah, there he is going to be staying on for the final season of Agents of Shield and maybe to finish up like the runaways and whatever else they have currently. Again, these are not shows that I'm watching. There's too much of it. Yeah. And they don't feel connected to the MCU. They don't feel like essential viewing. Well, that's so another kind of thing them. that you had talked about earlier. Like what becomes essential viewing now? Like right. is it going to feel like when you, you have go, to watch everything or else well, Yeah. Like is is it gonna feel like a year down the line, let's say Marvel is still making movies and mm-hmm. there's still events, so on and so forth. Um, and the whole Disney Plus thing has been going on. It's kind of picking up some steam. Like, what are they going to bring into the movies from the show? Are right. they going to make sure that, like, Wanda and Vision, are they going to make sure that that's a separate thing? Are they not going to touch on that if they bring them into the show? Same thing with like Captain America and Winter Soldier. Like, how much are you going to touch? How much are they going to be B listers? Are they just going to play second string? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to be front and center like they have been for stories? Or is it just going to be like, you're going to touch on them doing something that they've been doing. You're going to make quick mention to it. You don't have to watch the show, but it enhances the thing. Sure. So like, what's that plan here is really what I'm trying to get like question. Well, to this point, because there's been a divide 
as far as there being different uh, creative um, leadership on on both the television side and the movie side. Yeah, you could you were conditioned to think, okay, whatever happens to the television side, I'm not. It's assumed that this is not going to carry over to the the movie side of yeah. things. But now I think that that divide is gone. So I think you're going to have a, characters who are introduced on the television side, their streaming television side. Uh, and if those two are going to be separate, treated separately, um, if you, I think you can assume now if something is introduced on the Disney streaming plus app with these Marvel properties or on Hulu or wherever else, maybe these other uh, Marvel shows end up that these will carry over. Yeah. There's, there's no divide now between television and movie that these will carry over to the movie side of things, which could be exhausting. Are you saying it's too, it's almost too much to pay attention to. And I think some could tune it out. Are you saying that there's a possibility we can get Mm -hmm. a Howard the Duck show? Absolutely. With a good production. And that's written by Chip Zdarsky. Is that what you're telling me? Absolutely. Now everything's under the same banner. There's, if they choose to do a Howard the Duck show, now that is intentional that that is going to be part of the MCU. I'm I'm on board. Whereas before, I'm on if they board did now. it, you could you could ignore it. But yeah. now that everything's under the same banner, if you do a Howard the Duck show, that is with the intention of it being continuity within the MCU. I think that is my interpretation. I'm uh, in, I'm on. So I'm, it's I'm on board. Everything. I'm in it. I'm in it now. I'm in it to win it. I'm putting all my money on Disney Plus. And also, good, 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 good. And it's all, and it's so affordable. And this isn't a commercial for Disney Plus, but it's so affordable. You get Hulu, you get every, you get your ESPN Plus. Um, sign up today. Don't sign up today. Can you sign up today? I think you can pre-order to some. I think so. I don't really know. But the first sign that there uh, maybe will be some uh, increased integration between these the, these streaming properties, these television properties in the MCU, is they are going to the character. The interpretation of the Punisher, the actor who plays the Punisher in the the Netflix series, is going to be apparently going to be a fixture going forward. That same actor, yeah. that same character that created in the Netflix the Netflix uh, Punisher show, is going to be included in future iterations of the MCU, a movie I mean, or something like that, or the uh, streaming. So he's going to be carried. Uh, he's going to be called up to that, the to the big that level. That does make sense now because there isn't that great divide, mm-hmm. that Netflix divide, because simply they. They canceled it. They right. essentially canceled it. I mean, everyone but Iron Fist yes. should be allowed to come back. So it seems like they are not going to throw it out with the wash. These Netflix characters that were created, some are going to be brought up. Yep. And I think there, this is a sign that something that just because it was created on television, that does not mean that is now going to prevent it from ascending to the to the movie level yeah um and i think that's good this is a good sign that they will take the things that worked from their television properties and try to utilize them going forward as opposed to everything basically being uh, a, a, a flat a fresh uh type of palette going forward with having to recast the punisher down the road but i think the punisher character that they introduced on, on netflix was well received enough yeah uh, i think it doesn't uh he's this the idea that you don't have to cast a big hulking Dolph Lundgren guy to be your Punisher and the people that accepted it is a reason, I think, to include that version of the Punisher going forward. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of uh, good takeaways there. And speaking of the Disney Plus Network, going forward, you have possible stories rumored that it maybe will be the first story arc first season of winter soldier and the falcon which is gonna be a show debuting soon on disney plus next year or the year after i don't have the release schedule in front of me but soon and uh the the rumored first arc um is something that actually originated back in the 70s and he is a character called mad bomb the rumor is that there's gonna be some type of viral threat that is going to be putting the population at risk. And pe- for whatever reason, people seem to be pointing in the direction of this character, Mad Bomb, or this this invention, this yeah. weapon called Mad Bomb that was introduced in the 70s as far as being a clear indicator that this is the direction they're going yeah. for the first storyline for Winter Soldier and the Falcon. Um, do you have any familiarity familiarity whatsoever with the Mad Bomb character? No, I not at all. I research uh, for us. Oh, good. Uh, for Mad Bomb. Uh, he was introduced as far as maybe, I was, I'm curious, like, okay, all right, what... Clearly, they're not going to do a one-for-one um, recreation of this, and I hope they don't. Although, maybe I do somewhat. Uh, this 1970s storyline, which involved, of course, Captain America and the Falcon. Now, it's a little bit different because Captain America is... There is not one defined Captain America as we know him at this point. But it is a, it is a story that was introduced in 1975-76 mm-hmm. and uh, centered around the bicentennial. 
which was very important at that time. Um, and it, it was essentially it is this bomb that changes the attitudes and makes everyone evil um, by by uh, being released. So, so it's it's the weird access storyline that Marvel did like yes. three years ago where it inverts people's psychology to make yeah. them evil. Yeah. And so the the intention behind it was it was it, it, it was a there was this 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 group called that call themselves like the elite or something right what they want to do is they wanted to again this is leaning heavily on the bicentennial and i have i have no reason to believe that they would do this now because again well we're marvel close to the is tricentennial. what marvel's like 2021 uh-huh. current timeline because remember they're they're four years oh, that's true they're four years they're a little bit the closer to, to the tricentennial so there what you they want to do is there's this group and they want to release this this big mind bomb that uh on society on across that would affect the entire mad bomb that would across the entirety of north america the united states they want to release it and captain america and the falcon are trying to stop it they're trying to revert society back to pre-revolutionary days they want to basically level the playing field again and they want to uh resume the um, the philosophies and the, the principles of uh, the pre, pre-revolutionary era in the united states so that's their idea they they, they it ends with um the falcon stopping the mad bomb by overpowering it with his own psyche but it also ends with captain america having a duel like a, a revolutionary era like duel, a pistol duel? a pistol duel okay with the leader of this elite um, group who I'm assuming are, are a bunch of white men, bunch of white men who are dressed in revolutionary era garb, and that's their their plan is with the with the um, the, the bicentennial coming up to make it like this like 1776 with this mad bomb. That's and it. Th- that's that's their, their plan. That's their big plan <laughs> is to go to like is, is like ah the 70s are too complicated. Let's go back to the 1770s. 1770s yeah. yeah, what that what? was their big plan. I and thought that was going to be totally different. Where it's mm-hmm. like it, it changes everybody's like it ideas, does. but it, it basically society would crumble because everyone's just turning against each other, and it would it would basically devastate society to the point where they could wipe it clean. And start again. So it's helter skelter with them in charge, but with seven, but with seventeen seventies, yeah, like ideals, weird overtones. Yeah, and I guess so. I guess so. So I'm not sure how long it they. I imagine they had an Excel file, some charts. How long it would take for for society to crumble upon himself with this mad bomb? But um, yeah, they are going apparently in a short enough span where they would be able to ascend to uh, to oversee the entire thing in their sure. in, in their vision. And yeah, I guess so. everyone's got wooden teeth. Everyone's making butter with the with the butter churn. With the churn. With the churn. Um, it's it was simpler times. Simpler times. Yeah. But that is uh, sure. in in a, a nutshell what this 1970s storyline was about. Man, um, I was really with excited the Mad about Bomber's it. Interview. And then it just <laughs> ended <laughs> terribly. Not as much, huh? <laughs> not so we'll not see. anymore. Like, what are they going to do? Go back to like 1995? Is that the plan? You could. You could. There's some type of anniversary coming up where I imagine some group maybe is trying to introduce this Mad Bomb to uh, to revert things back to whatever. Hopefully they're not playing in this upcoming Winter Soldier and the Falcon. This group, whoever is um, this nefarious group, is, is not planning to revert things as far back as the 1770s. But we'll see. That remains to be seen. You know what? They've done wacky stuff in, in the MCU in the past. Sure. Sure. Go right ahead. Whatever. Go right ahead. Yeah, if you want. I would love to see this season end with... Uh, either the Winter Soldier or or the Falcon having to duel someone with a pistol. <laughs> Keep it but, really faithful. Keep it really faithful. So the the Winter Soldier loses his arm. Like he 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 has a wooden arm at yes, that point. That's right. Really crickety and termites. <laughs> oh, you can hear it. You it's can. it's a lot like. Do you remember Young Frankenstein, the general? Or, or the or the the police officer, or whatever his title was, where his his entire arm was just wood. He's like ah, <laughs> when he was doing the darts, and he would just stab his arm. Hey, I'm you're welcome. I've done the research. <laughs> I've researched the story arc, so you are ready and not surprised, um, humble listener out there who's listening to the Super and Super Show. Um, when they you can inform your friends yeah. as it is playing out. Ah, yes, this is the direction it's going. You can really surprise your friends by, uh, so you'll know you'll have a leg up on, uh, the people who are watching along with you that, Oh, this is the direction right. they're do going. Do you think, do you this think they're going to do a, a lot of time traveling? Not that they have time travel. Oh, no doubt. 
no doubt man it's gonna it's gonna be awful like it's it's gonna be like you remember when boy meets world would do an episode or they like play like they're going back in time and like someone just oh, yeah. like had like a bump on their head it's gonna be real now but the bump on the head is just time travel this could happen easily happen this took place this took place Ugh. Uh, on the pages of Captain America 193 to Captain America 200 in January 1976. Oh, look at that. Only seven issues. They got everything done. They got seven everything issues. done in seven, seven or eight issues. Eight issues. If your uh, math, your math is off. But that's all right. I don't fault you. This show is not about numbers. It is it's not. About, it is about uh, not. fantasy and, uh, and, and, the, and colonial times. Colonial times God. and unreal numbers. There is a yeah. fake numbers. There's a, there's a mathematical term that isn't, that'll lose me. But yeah, that is what maybe might be coming down uh, the, the sure. line. If you are going to be watching Disney, plus and captain uh the captain america winter soldier falcon series there's gonna be one person who's churning butter right now who hears this who's gonna be so so excited so we'll see uh we'll see how much of that comes true uh in the future and really quick uh, wrapping things up uh here on this issue of the super friend super show 185 ghostbusters is wrapping up production right now they have finished their filming Ghostbusters, they took a little cast photo. Now, which Ghostbusters is this? 2020. Okay. This is the male version. Get my, get the females out of here. This is going to, they're going to do it right. Who's in this version? This, um, I I don't even remember. I guess you're going to have a lot of the, the original cast back as best you can. Sigourney Weaver, I imagine will be back in some, some effects since she's still relatively young. Bill Murray, I think will be in this. They're going to be reprising their original Ghostbusters um, from the original 80s series. And they're going to be back kind of passing the baton off to this centers around like a family a modern family and there's some young kids the one kid from stranger things isn't it the kid with like he has like um curly hair the sure. love interest for uh for 11 I'm, L- I'm, I, I don't i don't watch the, stranger the things. spindly boy sure he's in with uh, his family in this okay. and i guess they're just in this is living suburban life and something spooky befalls them and they have to call the ghostbusters and suddenly they maybe they become ghostbusters going forward and that's how they pass the baton but this is gonna be set in that continuity so they just wrapped up filming and july 10th 2020 is when this film is scheduled to be released okay will you answer the call no, because I don't care. Answer the call. Um, if it's not extreme Ghostbusters or real mm. Ghostbusters, I don't care. I'm I'm gonna be real here. They are the real Ghostbusters because yeah. in their continuity, the Ghostbusters movie that was in the theaters was made about their lives. I mean, I, they went to the premiere in the, in the in the cartoon series. I guess so. But now I'm curious as to mm-hmm. did they do this just because? Oh, yes. of the negative press of the last one, one hundred percent. They're like, you know what, guys, we can do it better. We're all men, right? We can oh, do a God. Ghostbusters film better. It is, this, I don't know, it's kind of I gross. really hope Sigourney Weaver just saves the day all the time in this I don't movie. Think, I think it was probably a smarter, having nothing to say about it being an all-female cast. I thought the film was fine. I think from the outset, they should have approached it as a continuation of the original continuity, just set 30 years later, or somehow connected the all females Ghostbusters, the Kristen Wing, Wake female Ghostbusters film to that original continuity. I think yeah. that would have that would have um, made people a lot more willing to accept this. Whether in, instead of going with a clean reboot, I think people did not want a clean reboot of Ghostbusters. I didn't know people wanted the the Ghostbusters still. People That's what blew my mind. Well, Everyone's just like the Ghostbusters are all ladies. What do you think of that? And my response was, oh, "Okay, They're, you're going to get it again. Sure, get ready yeah. to get it again." And this one's going to be tied into the original continuity. I think, which I think is going to um, make people a lot happier than just a clean reboot, which is uh, what the first one was. So we'll see if the men can do it better. Oh uh, if John Cena is going to be in this one, if if uh, a lot of as uh, what as Vigo's like nephew, I just I assume that they're just going to be hiring a lot of just young up and coming uh males to just play the ghostbusters going forward instead of like whatever male counterpart to Kristen wig and uh the rest they're just gonna be i don't know i just i feel like it's unnecessary hey it's i want to see the original cast do back you? no i don't i think it's a terrible idea that they waited way too long to do this and they're just doing this out of spite because I, the female film failed uh, that they're just this is a spiteful film just to say hey we gotta somehow Wait. redeem the ghostbusters name we can't leave things like this just leave it in the comics the comics are doing fine the comics they did the whole fine. ghostbusters board game 
that which that I did have, well, which I have, which we still have to do a playing of in some way, in some way, somehow we'll do it. We'll yeah. do it. Super Friends Super Show 185. We are on, of course, iTunes, Spotify, all the other players, all the major players. Just look us up on Google. I'm Super Friends Super Show and you will find us. Subscribe. Leave us a review. We appreciate it. Smash that like button. Oh, smash that. Ring that don't bell. Smash anything. Smash it. D- your computer costs a lot and you probably don't have a lot of money. Don't do that. We don't care as long as our computers are made of your computers. <laughs> smash parts after you smash the like button that's all we care about sounds sounds like that's how you get a virus so join us again next time we're going to be having i i intend on us doing another super showdown arena conversation topic where we locker each other in in an arena um some battle doom dorm of sorts and we battle and we debate a topic to to determine once and for all um let's decide on the topic for the next show yeah um the the thing that we're going to be debating in the battle arena in the the best blue penis Ah, this is why I don't let you make the, the, tough, <laughs> the tough decisions. Um, I think the best X-Men reboot. Okay. Best X-Men reboot. I mean, reboot. I feel like that's very that's that's very one-sided currently because everything else, we, we've had time to digest and time to look at it. I change. Worst X-Men reboot. There we go. That is the topic for the Super Worst Showdown X-Men on the next episode. Line. Nope. Uh, I like reboots. Love, love reboots. Yeah, love them. Um, Worst X-Men reboot is going to be the debate topic on the next episode of the Super and Super Show. Super yeah. Showdown Areno. 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 <laughs> Super Showdown Areno segment that we do, uh, our popular segment where no one has won. No one has walked out of the Super Showdown Arena yeah. and Arena Champion yet. It's true. This might be the first time. The belt is still being hung. It's got it's got a lot of dust on it's it. It's got a lot we of dust. We really need to get a ladder up there uh, and just dust it off. There's, there's spiders up there. I think I saw a squirrel building a nest up there i don't know why a squirrel was building a nest but it was doing that getting ready for winter yeah getting ready for winter that's true if you figure that's an undisturbed belt that no one's disturbed yet so i feel like that squirrel's like you know what i could probably make a nest up here no one's gonna bother me too much no one's winning this belt anytime soon maybe someone will win the belt next time um i have been sean dwyer at sean dwyer.com is where you can find me on twitter at son at sean sand sugar bit of a tongue twister is where you can find sean brennan on twitter at new super podcast where you can find the show on twitter if you choose to follow us and leave us a message that'd be great and follow us uh just type as I mentioned, it's not that hard. Super Friends Super Show uh, into Google and you'll find a place, I'm sure, to listen to us. Uh, does that cover everything we want to talk about? Everything we want to talk about? I believe so. Um, do you have any uh, additional um, agenda items that we left off that you want to discuss before oh, we go? The the new Watchmen yes. on HBO. It's pretty good. Yes. That- Give it a shot. That's right. We'll talk about that on the next episode. I was planning on squeezing it in before viewing before this episode. I didn't get around to it. I don't have HBO. Unless someone wants to uh, buy the show a HBO subscription, that would be helpful going forward. But we don't have that in the funds just yet. Uh, so we'll we'll talk about that on the next episode. It's doing really well. The first yeah. episode did 1.5 million viewers of Watchmen. It's getting it was well received by critics. It is getting review bombed by people who thinks it think it is too different from the source material and think it's too political. They're get they're reviewing it on rotten. They're review bombing it on Rotten Tomatoes. But the people who matter, the critics who are not part of any type of Chan community, uh, they like it and they're uh, as yeah. unbiased as people can be. I think as a re- as a review critic, you have to have some type of credential. I think to be a Rotten Tomatoes um, reviewer. So I, I give them a little bit. Uh, more weight as far as what their opinion is and uh, it's it was up like 25 to 30 percent from the show that held that time slot on hbo last week that just did their finale so they're up from the watchman show was up 30 percent from the show that held that time slot last week so 1.5 million people seem to like it and it's up in that slot from last week so i think positives across the board and i haven't heard alan moore come out and say, how dare they continue to just besmirch the good name of a property that I sold away and I have no bearing on what they decided to do with the property now that I decided to sell it to Disney or to Disney, to DC. Everything's well, eventually, I'm sure it will end up, end up in the hands oh, of Disney. Of course. Uh, he, he sold it to DC and Warner Brothers back in the 80s and he continues to like decide Alan Moore, uh, the creator of Watchmen. He continues to feel like he has any type of right to... Uh, criticize the direction of something he no longer owns because he sold it. Yeah. What do you think about that? I mean, he's just an old crotchety god. Yeah. That's all there is to it. It's just like, 
Just be happy that somehow you're still current. Yeah, that people are still talking about you. Yeah cave dweller you right. um but we've been the super friends super show join us again for 186 next time super showdown arena will be making its return and we'll be talking about superhero movie news and comics i'm sure and wrestling we'll uh talk it's been about over a month plus of all elite wrestling making its debut uh, the new wednesday night wrestling war we'll talk we'll uh kind of review what we think our thoughts about it now that it's about a month old uh that will be on the next episode of super friends super show thank you for listening and listen to us again next time sean brennan final thoughts pants. Do we need them? (laughs) 